right. Well, welcome back to the church at Estrella. We are so happy to be with you here today. My name is Pastor Caleb. I'm the family pastor here, and normally I'm over with the kids, but the last two weeks, for some crazy reason, Charles decided to let me preach, and I don't know. He might not ever let me preach again after last week and this week. I don't know, uh, but I, I'm honored to be here with you today, and I'm excited that you have chosen to spend the first Sunday of the new year with us. It's 2019, guys. Woo, we made it. I know. Some of you are like, don't say that. That's crazy. I oh, know. Right? But that's the reality. We made it. We made it through the most wonderful and crazy time of last year. And, and we're kind of, I don't know about you, but I feel like we're kind of starting to even out a little bit. We've got next week coming up, and it's going to be good. Kind of getting back into the swing of things. So we're excited that you've chosen to take some time out of your crazy and spend it here with us at church and i'm excited for what god is going to teach us today you know um, it's really easy to get distracted by a lot of things you know if technology doesn't work or if this and that doesn't go right but man i i'm just excited because i honestly believe that god has something for each one of us today to teach us including myself i've been like preaching this to myself over and over this week and it's been it's been really good so man i'm i'm excited not only about this week but about next week about our birthday party that's coming up and i think the thing that i'm most excited about next week is really we're going to be talking all about the the amazing things that god has done right here in this church um, and in Australia over the last year god has done some amazing and wonderful things and we're going to be talking about you know what we want to do coming up in the future for this next year and it's going to be so good you really do not want to miss it and it's a perfect time to invite somebody a friend a neighbor to come to church it's going to be super laid back and fun and we're going to have lots of good things going on so we want to just make sure again that you're not going to miss next week it's going to be awesome so last week what we did is we scratched the surface of what it means to be pursued by God we learned that um, the greatest mystery ever is that a just a self-sufficient God uh, could would create us humans uh, mankind and, and there's this great mystery because he you know he's completely self-sufficient he doesn't need anybody or anything but yet he chose to create us and not only did he create us but he desires a relationship with us and he desires that we should be in relationship with him but he didn't stop there he went so far as to pursue us and he has been and he is pursuing us and not only us as individuals but all of creation and he wants us to pursue him as well and so that's what we're going to be talking about today is how we should live with the understanding that God is pursuing us and then how we should turn around and pursue him and a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what that means and um, I'm going to share with you um, how I believe the best way to pursue God is and the best way to get the most out of your relationship with him and so um, I, I need to pause real quick and just say man if you are in here and and maybe you have not yet uh, made a decision to you know to pursue Jesus maybe you're not a Jesus follower maybe you don't want to know what that's all about let me encourage you man the God of the universe has created you and knows you and wants an intimate relationship with you which that means that you are you are worth something you're worth and you have worth and value that's beyond anything that you can ever imagine the creator of the universe wants a relationship with you and man when you choose to let him be in control of your life that unlocks um, and you have access to this amazing hope and peace and love that is just beyond anything that you've ever experienced before and you can have that 
today. Um, and if you want to know what that's all about, I would encourage you after service to just come and talk to Charles or myself and just ask us about what that means to be in relationship with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, it changes everything. And, 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 and it, it's it, for everyone. It's a free gift that you can have. And so uh, I know that's usually what people end with, but we got to start with that today because what we're talking about today is after you've made that choice, after you've made the choice to make Jesus the Lord of your life, what should you do? How should you pursue Jesus? How should you follow Jesus? And like I said, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about the best way to pursue Jesus. So I grew up in, in church, right? Um, I was blessed. My mom and dad brought me up in church. And when I made the choice to follow Jesus, um, a couple of things happened. Uh, this, this nice lady and this nice man, uh, they sat me down and they said, all right, good job. You've made the choice to follow Jesus. You've been baptized. Here's what you do. Here's a Bible study. We want you to, to do this. Here's the Bible. We want you to read this, right? We want you to keep coming to church and telling people about, start telling people about Jesus. I said, okay, that seems pretty good. And then they said, oh, and by the way, um, you, you should never do drugs. Uh, you shouldn't hold hands with girls. And uh, you should never hang out with the bad kids. And this was a lot to take in as a seven-year-old, you know? Because up to this point, the only people that were offering me drugs was my mom when I was sick. I didn't understand why anybody wanted to hold hands with a girl. And all my friends went to church. So I was like, I don't know really what to do or, or how this thing is supposed to work. But I knew that those were the things that I was told that it had to do if I wanted to pursue Jesus, right? Well, as I got older and, and you know, went to church more, it became very obvious from the preachers and the pastors and, and everybody that, man, that it was a requirement in order for me to pursue Jesus well and to be a good Christian, right? It was a requirement for me to spend an hour a day reading the Bible first thing in the morning. And if I wasn't spending an hour every single day first thing in the morning, then I was a bad Christian and uh, I wasn't pursuing Jesus well. Now, this is a problem because my dad basically had to like throw me out of bed in the morning in order for me to roll out and get to school on time. So I was like, oh no, I'm never going to be a good Christian because I can't get up early and I can't read my Bible, right? Well, lucky for me, I had some really good mentors and my parents did a really good job of teaching me that, um, that none of these things are bad, right? Going to church, reading your Bible, telling friends about Jesus, um, spending uh, time in prayer, none of those things are bad, right? But I was lucky enough that they told me that those things aren't necessarily like a requirement for being a Christian. In fact, um, many people can get the wrong idea of what following Jesus means. Um, and many people do have the wrong idea that following Jesus and pursuing Jesus is all about checking off a list of things to do or things to not do. And if you check off this nice little checklist and you do that every single week, then you are good to go and you're following Jesus. And that's what being a Christian is all about. Now, again, I want to emphasize that doing these things, reading your Bible, going to church, telling people about Jesus and, 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 and not hanging out with bad kids, definitely um, not doing drugs, right? Those are all like really good things. And those are things that are part of being a Christian and following Jesus. However, being a Christian is so much more than a spiritual checklist. Um, so my, my mentors and, and um, just different people in my life, um, as I was growing up, they pointed me to three verses that have really been an anchor in my spiritual walk. And I kind of want to share these with you today. Um, these three verses that have kind of helped uh, push me forward in my relationship with Jesus. All right. So if you're taking notes, the first one uh, is in Luke. Uh, it's chapter 10, verse 27. This is Jesus talking. Somebody asked him, what's the greatest commandment? 
And Jesus answered, and he said, You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Right? So Jesus says the best thing that you can do, the biggest commandment is to love God with everything you have and love your neighbor um, as you love yourself, if not more so. Right? So that's the first thing that I kind of locked on to. Like, all right, so if I want to pursue Jesus, I got to love God with everything and I got to love my neighbor too. Right? pretty simple. And then they pointed me to another verse and they said, but that's not it, Caleb, because if you just stop there, you're going to miss it. And they said that uh, they pointed me to another verse. And that, uh, that verse is John 13, 34. And that says this, it's again, Jesus talking. It says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. So that means that loving our neighbor means that we should be loving people like Jesus loved us. Now, in light of what we talked about last week, man, Jesus, God, they've pursued us and they've given everything for us, right? Jesus went so far as to die for us. So that's a pretty heavy-hitting verse, right? That means that we should love each other like Jesus loved us. That means we should sacrifice for each other. We should give up everything for each other. We should be all about loving um, our neighbor and, and pursuing God like uh, like God pursued us. So the third verse, um, and this is the, the next verse is probably a verse that um, has stuck with me most of my life. I think about it at least once a day. It's something that like I can't really escape. All right. It's the last thing that Jesus said before he left earth, you know, um, which is a super powerful statement. He's like, of all the things that he could have said before Jesus left earth, this statement is the last thing, the last charge that he gave to his disciples before he sent, uh, ascended. That's a hard word. Ascended back up into heaven, right? Before he went up into heaven, this is the last thing he said. And, and this had some weight to me because I'm like, man, this has got to be important, right? Some of you guys will know it as the Great Commission, right? Uh, but it, it is just this, this calling that I can't, I've not been able to escape. We find it in Matthew chapter 28, and it's verses 18 through 20. It says this, and Jesus came to them and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I love that verse. That's so good. So we have three simple yet heavy commandments, right? Three things that, that, um, that I've kind of locked onto as far as like, how do I know that I'm pursuing Jesus well? There are these three simple truths, to love God, to love others, and to make disciples, right? Love God, love others, and make disciples. Now, many people um, in church, I've been in church for a long time, right? And, and that's a good thing and a bad thing sometimes, right? But one of the things that I've noticed being in churches for so long is when people, um, when they start discipling, they start saying, all right, when, after you become a believer, um, here's the things you need to do, right? A lot of people have narrowed it down to these three things. But what they do is they take each individual thing and they kind of pluck it out and they say, all right, the first thing you need to do um, after you decide to, to love God is to um, uh, is to read your Bible. Right. And they say, all right, start with this. Um, you need to love God. And the way you do that is read your Bible and pray every day. And they're like, OK. And they say, once you do that. Right. Um, as you're doing that, then go to church because that's how you 
will know how to read your Bible, and that's how you understand everything, right? And then once you start going to church, then you can get to the love others, uh, make disciples part, right? And then um, once you've read your Bible long enough and gone to church long enough, then we're going to teach you how to make disciples, and then you can start making disciples, right? That's like the, the logical progression of what most people will, will do. But what I've found is that this is a little, while it works, you can do that. What I've found is that it, it's kind of ineffective. You see, I want to turn that idea on its head today. All right? I want to give you kind of a, a, a crazy statement. I believe in, in, in all the years that I've been in church and in my own personal life, there are two times in a believer's life when they are the most pumped up and fired up for Jesus, okay? The most fired up when they are just, man, they can't stop talking about him and they're reading the Bible and, and they just, they can't get enough. There are two times in a believer's life when they're like this. The first time is when they first become a Jesus follower, okay? That's the first time. Man, they're like rearing ready to go. They're like, yeah, let's go tell everybody and anybody. It's so cool. Like, I can't get enough. I got to read all my Bible, right? That's the first time when people are pumped and excited. Raise your hand like you've ever experienced that. You remember experiencing that, right? Some of you guys have. Yeah, it's awesome. There's like this, this new, fresh feeling. It's cool, right? It's great. But then the second time, and this is probably the most exciting to me to watch, right? The second time when I've seen people just on fire for God is when they are making disciples. When they're actively sharing Jesus with people and making disciples. Oh man, that that is when that is when I, I see people just really catch on fire and get pumped up. You see, I firmly believe this statement, okay? I firmly believe that the best way to pursue Christ is to pursue others for Christ, making disciples. I, I firmly believe that if you want to, if you really want to take your relationship with God to the next level, if you really want to get excited, then man, you got to, you got to start chasing and pursuing people for Christ and making disciples. Like, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. So, um, how do we, how do we do this? Right? How do we, how do we do this? Love people and make disciples. A lot of times, people, people get a little bit, I don't know, they get a little bit freaked out about this idea of making disciples or sharing Jesus. They say, well, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. Right? I, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Or um, I get people who, man, they just, they just feel like they're bored. Raise your hand if you've ever feel, I'm, I'm a kid's pastor, I get a lot of interaction, right? So if I say, raise your hand, it's because, well, that's what I'm used to, right? All right, and that's good. So interaction, I don't want you guys to be bored today. So raise your hand if you guys have ever um, just kind of felt bored in your uh, Christian walk or like in your, you know, being a Jesus follower. You've gotten bored. Like, man, I did that a long time ago and I'm not excited about that anymore, right? It's okay. You can raise it nice and high. Yeah, there you go. Look around. We all experience that, right? Right, exactly. Okay, now raise your hand if you've ever, um, if you've ever felt like your life, right, your life is kind of mundane at times. Good, I'm glad that most of you are being honest, right? I think all of us at some point in our lives can say, man, my life is kind of mundane. I'm doing the same things over and over and over again, and I'm just kind of I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm crazy. I don't know why God has me where I am, right? We've all been there. Well, let me tell you something. There's this amazing thing that happens when, when you start to pursue people for Jesus, okay? Here's what happens, all right? 
um, you get this renewed purpose and sense of direction in your life. Let me give you an example. Nobody likes waking up at 3 a.m. to change a diaper, right, or to feed a kid. Nobody likes cleaning up after kids, and it's like as soon as you get your house clean, then it's messy again, or, you know, like nobody likes that, right? However, when you understand that what you're doing in that moment is you are raising children, right? And you have the potential to raise up godly men and women of faith, right? You have the ability to just pour truth into these children and change their lives so that they can grow up to be great men and women of faith and change the world. All of a sudden, like 3 a.m. wake-up calls and picking up toys, they don't seem so bad because it has a purpose. The purpose, the why you're doing that is you're showing them love and you're showing Jesus' love and loving on your kids and you have the opportunity to pour into them and share Jesus and make disciples out of your kids or all of a sudden it doesn't seem so bad it makes the mundane just fantastic because you know that there's a purpose of it or maybe you're um, you're in a job and you're like man I just get tired of going to the same job every single day and maybe you like your job but maybe you don't and you're just I feel like I'm just collecting a paycheck and it's nine to five and I don't understand what I'm doing there well Maybe God has you there because there's somebody at your job that needs to know about the love of Jesus. And the reason that you're there is so that you can share Jesus with the people at your work, right? And so all of a sudden going into work and punching in the nine to five and doing the same thing over and over and over again, it has a purpose because you're not just there punching the clock and going nine to five. You're there because there's somebody that, that works with you that needs to hear about the love of Jesus and Christ is pursuing them and he wants you to join with them in pursuing that person too and winning them for Jesus and all of a sudden work becomes a lot more exciting right or maybe you're going to school and I don't know about you but I know there's some kids in here that go to school still and I didn't like I mean at school is okay but I didn't like like going to school right I know most people don't but all of a sudden if you view school as a place where you can like pray for your classmates and and and, and share the love of Jesus with them and love them and and maybe make disciples out of your classmates it makes school a whole different ballgame a whole different place you have purpose there you're not just going there to get grades because somebody's making you go no you're going there because you're joining God in his amazing and incredible journey and adventure for your life. And so what I am telling you is that pursuing people changes your life. It changes your whole perspective on everything, right? It does. It changes everything and it gives you a new purpose and excitement. It's awesome. And as you're pursuing people, you'll get more pumped up for Jesus. I've seen that happen over and over again. It's, it's fantastic. But I, I know that there are some people here. I'm, I've been there too. The only, I've been there too myself. And, and they think, well, you know what? That's all well and good. That sounds awesome. But, you know, I actually like my job. And, you know, I, I, I'm not really into the whole sharing Jesus thing or making disciples. I don't know how to do it. And it's hard, right? And, and maybe you think, well, I go to church and I read my Bible and I make sure my family goes to church and I tithe. And I even give... GoFundMe to GoFundMe pages on Facebook, right? I do extra stuff, but I, I'm not really into the whole sharing Jesus thing. And if, if that's you and you're sitting here and that's kind of like your mindset or it has been your mindset, I want to tell you something. Keep doing that. Seriously, like keep going to church, keep reading your Bible, keep praying, keep giving to those things. However, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I will propose to you is that you are missing out on an incredible opportunity, right? What I'll propose to you is what you're actually doing is settling for a good life when you can have a great life, 
right? If you're, if, you're, if you're doing things like you're reading your Bible and you're doing all the things you're supposed to do, but you're not reaching people for Jesus, you're not making disciples, what you're doing is you're robbing yourself of a great life. You're robbing yourself of, a, of a, an amazing adventure and a journey that God wants to take you on, right? And, and honestly, there are some people, and I've heard it preach, oh, like if you don't go out and reach people for Jesus, then may, they might not get reached and they might not. I'm not going to tell you that because I don't honestly think that's true. God's made it very clear in his word that he doesn't need us and he doesn't have to use us, but he chooses to use us because he loves us and he wants us to be a part of this amazing blessing. Right. And so I'm not going to tell you that if you don't share Jesus with your friend, they might never hear Jesus. What I will tell you is that if you don't share Jesus with your friends, if you don't try to make disciples out of those around you, then you're going to miss out on, a, on a, an amazing blessing. Because there is nothing better than to, to, to get to be a part of somebody who their life gets turned around and they just kind of live this life that's away from Jesus. But then they, they get on fire and they start chasing him and their marriage is better. Their grades are better. They start having a better relationship with their parents because of their relationship with Jesus. And you get to be a part of that. God is inviting you to be a part of a life change. That's what he's inviting you to be a part of. Or you could just sit and, you know, keep doing what you have been doing. And that's cool too, right? But if you want to be a part of this, right, if you want to be a part of pursuing people and life change, and that's what we're going to talk about today. All right, I'm going to get, because I was raised in a Baptist church, I've got four P's that we're going to talk about today that will help us um, walk us through the steps of how we pursue people, how we chase after people. All right? You guys ready? You ready to go? Yeah? Good. Awesome. I'm, I am too. It's good stuff. And because I'm also a kids pastor, by the way, I'm going to tell you these four P's with a story. I'm going to tie it into a story of mine. And hopefully we'll all come out of it having fun and learning something, okay? So um, I recently, uh, if you were here last week, I talked about getting married. Um, and, and if you weren't, well, hey, guess what? I, I recently got married, right? And I got married in July. Thank you. It was awesome. I'm better off because of it, let me tell you. And so um, in July, I end up getting married to this beautiful woman um, right here. Let's see, ah, there she is. I know, she is absolutely gorgeous. And so the story I'm gonna tell you today is how a guy like me, this goober goofball, like average guy in every single way, seriously, like in my grades in high school, there was like uh, the middle of the road and I was like one grade below the middle of uh, the grades, right? So I'm like average in every single way possible, okay? I'm even below average in height for Americans, so yippee, all right? Awesome. So um, how a guy like me ended up with a stunning woman, amazing woman right here, okay? So here he goes. So Megan and I met um, Easter Sunday uh, a couple of years ago, okay? We met on Easter, last year, she's like gonna correct me the entire time as I tell the story, it's okay. All right, so we met on Easter Sunday at a church down the mountain. She was one of three girls that was uh, running the welcome booth. And as I walked in, I was like, oh man, these girls are, these girls are pretty cute. And to my delight, they invited me to a small group the next night that was happening. I, of course, went because I wanted to learn about Jesus more, right? Um, I decided to attend this small group, and she showed up again. And I was like, all right, this is awesome, right? And, of course, since I was there to study the Bible, I tried not to pay much attention to her. But at the end of this small group, she actually came up to me, handed me a piece of paper with her number on it, and said, hey, um, I know you're kind of looking around at different churches preparing for uh, the church you're going to plant. Well, I go to a different church. Why don't you show up with me sometime? 
So, of course, I took her up on the offer, right? And, and after that church service, um, we talked for a couple of hours, and man, I thought that this girl was pretty, pretty special, right? And, and man, I started uh, learning everything that I could about her. I started showing up places that she was at in hopes to find her. And now some of you might think that's kind of creepy. And you know what? What I've found is that the line between romantic and creepy is very thin, <laughs> right? But here's the difference between being romantic and being creepy, okay? If, if you like a girl and, and you do things like you learn about where she works and what she likes and you start sending her flowers and you start showing up places and she likes you back, it's romantic. <laughs> However, if she does not like you back, all of a sudden those things become very creepy and you can't take a hint, all right? I've had some experience with that. Okay. <laughs> Luckily for me, Megan thought that I was cute for some reason. I think it's because there was nobody like uh, close to our age in the church that she was going to. And um, that's kind of like made me by default uh, the single guy that she could go after. Right. And so um, I'll take it, by the way. Yes, I will. And so um, so all of a sudden I started uh, pursuing her now. I would like to tell you in this story that after I met Megan and after our eyes met, I was smitten. and there was no other girl that ever crossed my mind because she was the one for me. That would make a really good Hallmark movie. But it's not quite what happened. You see, um, before I met Megan, there were some other women that I knew that were amazing, godly women, and I had known them before I met her, and they were pursuing Christ in different ways. And so really, um, I had this, uh, I was kind of stuck in this predicament, because there's this Meg, there was Megan, who was amazing, who was awesome, there's other girls. And I knew that it wouldn't be right to uh, pursue all of them at the same time. Not a good idea, right? Bad idea. bad idea, right. Everybody's like, bad idea. Again, I have some experience with that in my past. Not a good idea. Did not turn out well, right? So check it out. I did. I knew I had to do what I, um, what I needed to do whenever I make a big decision, which is I started praying, right? And I just asked God. I was like, hey, God, I need to know which one of these uh, women I, you want me to pursue, right? And, and sure enough, uh, one after another, for different reasons, all these other women just kind of faded away, and Megan was the only one left and and I knew who I wanted to pursue and so our first two P's that we're gonna that talk about if you're wanting to go after somebody are uh, prayerfully pick all right we've got to prayerfully pick now now God talks about uh, in his word he talks about actually it's really cool we talked about this last week um, God talks about picking us right John 15 16 says this you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the father in my name he may give to you right but this idea is that you don't choose me I chose you God chose us God has chosen us to pursue and so just like we, God has chosen us just like I chose Megan. We've got to prayerfully pick somebody, right? We've got to prayerfully pick somebody. Now, you might be asking, like, how are we supposed to pick somebody to go after, right? How are we supposed to do this? All right, this sounds good, awesome, we've got to pick somebody, but how do we do this, okay? Um, and the answer is, well, let me just show you this picture up here, okay? So everybody, um, you have your own unique sphere of influence. Everybody, every single one of you in here has a group of people that are unique to you that you come in contact with every single day. 
And nobody has the same group of people that you know than you do. Now, you might be have a lot of different circles that interact with a lot of different people, right? So I, I know people at the church. I know people at the gym, right? Justin knows people at the church. Justin knows people at the gym, right? And so we have circles that interact, but Justin knows people that I don't know. And I know people that Justin doesn't know, right? And I know people from high school and college that you guys will never meet, but they're unique to me. And so everybody in here, you have a, your own unique sphere or circle of influence. You have people that you have been put in their lives and they've been put in your lives that are unique to you, right? And, and you need to know that that's a really, really cool thing because that means that, um, that you have the opportunity to go after people that, that I will never have the opportunity to go after. Right. And that's that's really neat. And so how do we pick out of all the people? Right. We've got like people that we see every day, maybe at the gym or, you know, that we see uh, at our maybe like a, a book study or book club or at work. You know, we see those people every day for like a, a long time. And then we see people like for a few seconds, like right. There's the barista at Starbucks or there's that cashier, you know, that checks us out that we see maybe consistently, but only for a few seconds. So how in the world are we supposed to pick who to go after? Oh, my goodness. Right. And if we're not careful, a lot of times. We can get stuck on this. Like, well, there's too many people and I don't know who to go after, so I'm just not going to go after anybody. And again, um, you can do that, but you're, you're missing out on this cool opportunity. And so how do you pick? The answer is easy. You just go to God and you ask him who he wants you to pursue. Right? You prayerfully pick. And, and really, it's as easy as you just got to take some time um, and you got to pick out a, 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 a pursuit list. Okay? And what you got to do is you just you just take somebody you can put it on your phone You can write it down. You just say hey God. I know you want me to pursue people Who do you want me to go after and I promise you I've done this with kids I've done this with adults I've done this with with all ages and and in and, and different countries right and everybody without fail And I say pray and ask God who he wants you to go after and write it down Everybody can come up with at least one name most people can come up with five right and what, you, what you'll do is, is you say, God, who do you want me to go after? And you write their names down. Now, some of them are some people that are like very easily accessible, right? Some people will be maybe like friends and family. Some people, you know, they might be kind of challenging. Maybe God will put like a people group overseas on your heart. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But the point is, ask God and he'll tell it to you, okay? So prayerfully pick who you want to pursue, all right? And then write them down. So once I had prayerfully picked Megan, all bets were off. Man, I started uh, learning everything I could about her. I started driving an hour out of my way so I could spend 10 minutes with her, right? I, I learned what her favorite foods were, where she liked to go. I learned about her, her family and her friends. And, and finally, um, I knew I wanted to ask her to be my girlfriend. And so um, what I did was I, you know, I wanted to make this special because I wanted to show her how she, you know, how she made me feel. And so my, my friend group, was planning a trip to San Diego, and I knew that she loved the beach, and so I made sure that um, that was going to be my spot. So I got this little necklace that she had, um, you know, that had broken, and I fixed it for her, and I, I planned it all out, and we got to this moment, and um, underneath the pier uh, at San, in San Diego um, on Ocean Beach, um, I asked her to be my girlfriend, and she said yes. And I think that part of the reason she had said yes was because I, I had done so many things to pursue her. I, I tried to learn everything about her. And I made this moment special, right? So fast forward 
um, a little bit, and I didn't stop pursuing her, right? I, I figured out, you know, what her favorite dessert was, and I made her favorite pie, and, and I did all of these things. Like, I met, I went in and made sure I met her family, and, and finally, um, I, I, as I pursued her, I fell more and more and more in love, and I, I knew that there was nobody else I wanted to be with, and so finally, I had to ask her, and so I asked her to be my wife in May, and then in July, we were uh, we were wed, and we became husband and wife. And and I think that part of the reason that you know, even though our family had only met me once, that they said okay and 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 they agreed to this, is because they saw how I pursued her and how I chased after her and how I really just loved her, right? And so, guys, after you prayerfully pick your people, are you noticing the piece here, right? You've got to passionately pursue them, right? That's the next step. After you prayerfully pick, after you've got your list, after you know who God wants you to go after, then you've got to begin to passionately pursue those people, right? Like God pursued us. We talk, I'm not going to go into it a lot this week because we, we talked about that last week. But, you know, God is chasing us. He's chasing his creation. And so here's the cool thing, guys. When we begin to pursue people, we're not doing it alone. We're doing it with God. In fact, uh, Scripture tells us that he has placed eternity in the hearts of all people, which means that, you know, even if somebody doesn't believe that Jesus exists, they know, or God exists, they know that there's something more out there. And so when you're pursuing people, you are working with God to, to, um, to try to capture these people, to, to try to win them over with his love. You're not doing it alone, and, and you don't have to be eloquent with your words, and you don't have to know exactly what to say. God just says, hey, get after it. And go and chase them down, right? So how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you passionately pursue somebody, right? I don't, I'm a very, like, hands-on person. Like, I, I, I'm a very, like, okay, how do I do this kind of guy? So, you know, I can sit here and say, hey, you need to go and, you know, shoot a basketball. I'm like, all right, how do I do that? How to hold the basketball? How to, so that's what I'm going to hopefully do is help you walk away with some solid things that you can do today. So how do you begin passionately pursuing people, okay? There's three things that you got to do. Also, if you're um, wanting to get a boyfriend or girlfriend, you can use this, but we're not about that, like, right now, so, um, you know, just take notes, all right? Good notes. It can be good for a lot of different things, okay? So, what am I saying? How do you begin pursuing people, like, um, and, and beginning to build a relationship with them? The first thing is this. Learn as much as you can about them, right? Learn about them. Ask questions. Be curious, you know? Meet the... Um, do more uh, listening than you do talking, right? Get to know them. Figure out what they like, what they don't like, what they like to do, what their hobbies are. Once you've gotten to know them, then meet them where they're at. You know, a lot of times I feel like we say, yeah, invite people to church, invite people to church. And yes, do that. Invite people to church. But some people are not comfortable coming to church. So what you've got to do is you've got to meet them where they're at. What do they like to do? Do they like sports? Well, then go and like throw a football with them or go play golf. Do they go to the gym? Go to the gym with them, right? Maybe they're into, you know, like moving. Movies. Go to the movies and, and you know, grab some uh, a snack afterwards. Like, start to be where they're at. Meet them where they're at after you get to know them. And then the last thing, and this is probably the most difficult uh, for me, for, like, Americans in general, the last thing that you've got to do is to ask for help. Now, this one might seem kind of odd. Like, all right, get to know them, meet them where they are, ask for help. Why ask for help? Listen, asking for help is a really, really 
powerful tool. Um, when, because it allows you to, to build a relationship with them in a non-awkward and non-threatening way. All right, let me give you an example. Uh, before Megan, when Megan and I were just first starting to get to know each other, one of the first things she did after we had, you know, met and, you know, been going to small group for a while is she, um, she was moving from an apartment to a, a house with some other friends, and she invited me to come over and, and help her spackle the walls and move some heavy stuff. And that, she didn't need me to do that. She was very capable of spackling walls and moving things, right? But what she did is she asked for help and she allowed me to come in and we got to spend some good quality time together, like getting to know each other and helping one another out. Um, when I, I got to spend a couple of years overseas um, reaching out to, to refugees, but I was in a culture in the country where I didn't know anyone or anything and I couldn't even speak the language. And I got to build so many relationships because anytime I, I needed to do something, like order food, um, I had to ask for help. And so I got to build a lot of relationships really quickly because I asked for help, right? Um, just the other day, uh, we moved into a house and I met one of my neighbors because I needed a ladder. And I didn't want to ask for a ladder, but Megan was like, go and ask them for a ladder. They've got one. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Like, that's awesome. She's like, go ask for a ladder. And sure enough, I asked for a ladder, and I got to talking to the guy, and now I know one of my neighbors, right? Ask for help. Now, am I telling you to be needy and use people? No, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying that is asking for help, allowing somebody to help you, can be a great way to start a relationship, Right? So we need to prayerfully pick and passionately pursue people. I honestly believe that you will never experience a deeper, more fulfilling relationship with God than when you are actively making disciples. Now I need to pause real quick and clarify something because a lot of people in church say, share Jesus, share Jesus, share Jesus. And um, they make the great commission, what God said about, hey, go and share Jesus with people. But actually Jesus didn't say, go share Jesus Go share my name with as many people as you can. What he said was go and make disciples. And there's a big difference. Okay, here's the difference. Sharing Jesus with somebody is saying, hey, um, this is who Jesus is. Uh, goodbye. And, and it kind of stops there. Making disciples is, he clarifies. Um, he says, go and make disciples. And, and if we weren't sure what make disciples means, he says it later on in the verse. It says, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. So making disciples isn't just sharing the name of Jesus with somebody. Making disciples is, is pursuing somebody and walking them through what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And this is cool because this means that you can make disciples with people that are already believers. So you don't just have to, you know, if you say, well, I don't have any non Christian friends. That's okay. You can still make disciples out of believers. You can still walk them through what it means to have a better relationship with Jesus. So Jesus is asking us to go and make disciples. And I honestly believe that if you are teaching someone how to read the Bible, you've got to be reading it yourself, right? If somebody's asking you questions, you've got to be about like tough spiritual questions. You've got to do the research yourself and figure out like, oh, what does this mean? Or ask the pastor, right? You I will never, um, you will never experience more growth and more fulfilling time in your spiritual walk than if you're pursuing people for Jesus. I honestly believe that, right? And again, I, my prayer life has never been more intense and more real than when I am just on my knees begging some God to turn somebody's heart towards him. It's amazing. So how is God speaking to you today? How is God speaking to you? What, what is he telling you to do? 
For some people, um, I, it's just maybe surrender your lives. For some people, you never actually just made the choice because it is a choice, right? Um, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, but you've got to open the door. For some of you, it's to actually open the door and let Jesus in. Begin to follow Jesus with your whole heart. For some of you, you never made that choice today, and that's what Jesus is telling you to do. Man, do it because it'll change your life. It's awesome, right? It's, it's so cool. But maybe for some of you, what Jesus is telling you to do, what God is telling you to do, is he's inviting you to enhance your life. He's inviting you out of the mundane and into the craziest adventure you've ever experienced in your life. He's inviting you to pursue somebody, to go after somebody and make some disciples. And I promise you that you will not regret it. So here's what we're going to do. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes and uh, we're going to pray real quick. And, and if you want to um, pray to ask Jesus in your life, all you got to do is say, hey, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And then come back and, and Charles and I will talk to you about what that means in the back. Right. And if you want to um, pray, uh, make start making a prayer list, man, ask, say, God, who do you want me to go after? And God will give you names. OK, and write those names down. Well, let's do that right now. Father, I just I just come before you and, and we just want to thank you so much for, first of all, just for creating us and and just how crazy that is. And Father, we just want to thank you that you love us and that you didn't just stop with creating us, but you pursue us. You chase us down and you want to be in a relationship with us. Father, I just pray that if there are people here that need to step out in faith, Father, and begin um, chasing after you by pursuing others, that you would give them the courage to start doing that today. Father, I, I just ask that if there's anybody in here who's not um, surrendered their life to you, that they would do that. They, they, would, they wouldn't be able to walk out the doors without coming and, and doing that and, and having their lives changed forever. I thank you so much for what you're doing in Australia. I thank you for this church. And even though it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, it's yours and you are building it. Thank you for doing that and continue to do it. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for all that you've done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.